all bad things. Tragedy. Tragedies, disasters. That's bad things. Trigger warning for everything possible. What? I'm Rachel. <laughs> I'm David. And this is All Bad Things. Welcome, everybody. Welcome. You can follow us on Insta, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and Twitch at All Bad Things Pod. Email us at allbadthingspod at gmail.com. Join our Facebook discussion group and our Discord. Do all of those things in that order. <laughs> Welcome back. Oh, thank you. It's good to be back. <laughs> nice and relaxing. Yes, we're recording just as you are returning from Myrtle Beach. Yep. Myrtle Beach. The uh, Redneck Riviera, as it is uh, coined. Goddamn motherfucking Myrtle Beach. That's right. Mm-hmm. As, yeah, check out that Sonny Ledford song. <laughs> do, do yourself a favor. <laughs> you can thank me later. <laughs> um, yeah, went on our, uh, which is now becoming our annual golf trip mm-hmm. down there for the weekend. and You're officially middle-aged. You have a we have golf trip, golf, golf trip. trips with the fellas. <laughs> and, they, and they all have kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, it is official. Well, we did remark on how much we're becoming our parents. We, mm-hmm. we definitely had that discussion. But uh, yeah, and uh, unlike last year, I actually played well. Yes, well so done. That made it... That makes it way more fun <laughs> when you actually play, play good, which, yeah, I know English-wise doesn't, but anyway, when you play well. Very good. So, yeah, I think last year when I went was probably the worst round of golf I've ever played in my entire life. It didn't help that I hadn't played in, like, three years. <laughs> now you play at least once a year. Now I play once a year, <laughs> you know, getting back into the swing of things, as they say. Mm-hmm. Ha ha. <laughs> so, yeah, that was fun. Almost had my first birdie. But uh, one of these days. Birdie is one under par? Mm-hmm. On, the, on the hole. Okay. Yes. So, but as usual, I muffed the punt. All right. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just choked up on the putt. That's all. Oh, okay. You know what muffing the punt means? Like, kicks it sideways. Oh, okay. Or, like, kicks it straight up in the air. Just. <laughs> I've heard of slice. Yeah. That's not good. No. It's on a drive. It is. I do it every time I... And- Basically, you, like, hit the ball badly. Well, it, it means it goes, it's just like a frisbee golf. It goes left to right or right to left. It doesn't go straight. Mm. Okay. And well, it'll go, disc golf, it, it'll go. Sir. It'll go straight for a little bit, and then mm-hmm. it'll tail off. The, the whole trick is the not getting it to tail off part. You called it frisbee golf. I did. It's disc golf. I forgot. It's been a while since we played. It has been. has yeah. been a long time. We need time. to get back into it. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that was my exciting weekend, I'm sure. <laughs> Everybody was thrilled to hear, hear that. Yes. My exciting weekend, at least last night, was finishing up the research for this episode. There we go. Because we're needing to queue up some episodes ahead of time because of traveling and work and all sorts of stuff going on. Um, we need to figure out what the hell we're doing for our 300th. <laughs> just, I don't know. It'll be not, a surprise to all of us. We're not doing anything special, I can tell you that. <laughs> I don't know that we are, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Nicole. <laughs> um, uh, but I picked the topic for today's episode because... because well, it would have been weird if I had picked it and made you do the research. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> While but I'm gone, do this episode. When I, I, was, I was further explaining, qualifying that statement by saying, because um, 
it is relevant to something you're very interested in right now. Okay. And are specifically very interested in tonight. Oh, so a fungus. Is that what we're there talking about? There you go. Okay. Well done. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I've still got some of my mind together. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the story of mucormycosis, mm. also known as black fungus. Okay. All right. Because there aren't enough things to worry about in this world, uh, COVID, global warming, and stage capitalism, we could go on and on. Let's give you something else to worry about, shall we? Let's talk mucormycosis, a.k.a. black fungus. Spoiler alert, and some good news, it won't turn you into a zombie. <laughs> that is good news. Yes. That we know of. Yes. <laughs> no, <laughs> because it's not a thing, that's why. But. No. Uh, primary Zombies will happen at this point. Primary sources are BBC News, Britannica, Cutaneous Manifestations of Infection in the Immunocompromised Host by Marky Grossman, Lindy P. Fox, Carrie Kovarik, and Misha Rosenbach. It's a paper. Uh, Chat GPT, which I'll talk about in a second, and hmm. Wikipedia. Have you heard of Chat GPT? Yeah, I have. I've heard of the controversy of Chat GPT, and I, That's I don't fine. get it. That's fine. I don't, I don't get it either, because whatever. If people want to cheat in academia, go for it. Like, I have no problem with it. Um, but chat GPT is AI mm -hmm. that can, and it's now like in beta, and you can use it. Uh, so if you just Google it, you can find it. But you can, you can ask it questions like you would Google, and it'll sort of aggregate information from the internet. I asked chat GPT, what is the All Bad Things podcast? Oh. And it got it pretty close to right. It said we were a true crime podcast and that we covered terrorism incidents. <laughs> That's really not close. But that was in, <laughs> no, no, that was in amongst correct information. Oh, I see. I see uh, although they did call us a true crime podcast, which yeah. we are not. So, I mean, you have to take what it says with a grain of salt because it's, it's conglomerating from the internet, which has both accurate and inaccurate which, which sources. The, the internet itself you have to take with a grain of salt. As far as the information on there. Exactly. A giant grain of salt. But, uh, like, the controversy is that you can literally tell it, like, write me a six-page paper on and give it a subject, and it can do it. Hey. And. <laughs> <laughs> For damn sure I'd be taking advantage of that if I was 18 and in college. And apparently it's, because it's AI, it's unique and won't be caught by, like, plagiarism software. Okay. So, yeah. And I'm guessing it, it probably differ or it responds to different users in different ways. Who the fuck knows? All I know is that that black and white episode of um, Black Mirror will come true someday. The dog robots? The Boston Dynamics. Like, oh, it dog, looks like that. It looks, looks like that. Pretty close. I'm yeah. not I'm not sure if they got the idea from the show or the show <laughs> right. got the idea from Boston Dynamics. Right. It's, it's one or the other. Um. But anyway, it was real. It, it is revolutionizing how I'm doing research because it's so much easier to just ask Chat GPT. Like I can literally say, "Explain like I'm five this," and it will explain it like I'm five. Like down to like, imagine you have a lemonade stand. Like literally, it's 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 pretty helpful. <laughs> so, so of course, I was inspired for this topic thanks to your fandom of both the game and HBO series The Last of Us. The finale of which is tonight, right? Yes. We're recording this on, what date is this? The 12th, March 12th. Mm -hmm. So the finale is going to be tonight. Um, so in this series, the apocalypse is effectively incited, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, by a fungus. 
Correct. that like infiltrates people's brains. Or, orpheocordyceps. Okay. And turns them into mushroom zombies. Well, I mean, the, the, the fungus takes over the body and like literally controls the brain and what to do. Mm-hmm. And since the purpose of any living species is to reproduce... You know, it, it tells the people to, this is the way we reproduce by infecting other people. That's not how any fungus works in I, reality. I, I, but, I, yeah. Yeah. but I'm just saying that's, uh-huh. the, that's the whole goal of a living thing. And a, a fungus right. is a, a living thing. So in a highly fictionalized version, yes. this is what happens. So, yeah. It can't happen to ants. Okay. So this is not a thing. <laughs> and nor are zombies in the undead horror film sort of way. You cannot reanimate a dead person no that doesn't work not even fungi can do that um but fungi can infect the human body sometimes with catastrophic results enter black fungus oh or (laughs) oh Oh. or mucormycosis okay so let's enter science corner shall we it's been a minute fungi have unique so what what comes to your mind when i say fungi mushrooms mushroom right yeah Yeah. like the fungus that we all know Mm -hmm. of yeah but they have unique characteristics that distinguish them from other organisms or from plants fungi are not plants they don't use photosynthesis and they don't have chlorophyll so they don't depend on the same they don't have the same dependencies to survive as a plant well so they have this is what sort of defines them they have eukaryotic cells so do a bunch of other organisms but basically Eukaryotic cells mean that the cells have a defined nucleus and other membrane-bound organelles. In other words, it just has a specific cell structure. Like on the cellular level, it's defined. Um, Their cell walls are made of chitin. Chitin? Uh, Or chitin, if you read it phonetically. Chitin. (laughs) Yes. It's tough and helps support cell structure and offer protection of the cell. Also, fungi absorb nutrients. Plants, by contrast, manufacture their own nutrients, right? Through photosynthesis. But fungi absorb nutrients directly from their environment. They do this because they have these things called hyphae that penetrate organic matter, secrete enzymes that break down that organic matter into simpler molecules, and then absorb the nutrients. So basically, fungi externally digest. Because we have enzymes in our stomach that break right. down our food, but it's all happening inside our bodies. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. But fungus do it, or fungi do it um, externally. The um, header of my uh, paragraph here is he's a real fungi, of course. <laughs> you like a good pun. <laughs> yes. And then spores. Spores, spores, right? Fungi reproduce by spores. So spores are tiny and lightweight. They can be scattered by the wind. Wherever they end up, they can potentially grow, but it depends on the conditions, right? Um, And are you ready for another good pun? There is a fungus among us. (laughs) Literally all the time everywhere. Like... Fungus are every fungi are everywhere. Spores are everywhere, and they serve a super important purpose in both the greater ecological system and to humans because we've developed using them too. <coughs> so remember how fungi externally digest mm-hmm. and break down organic matter. That's really ecologically important. 
right? They can break down organic matter that helps stuff not just without stay. Having, it helps having, decomposition. Sure, without having to ingest it as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because so, yeah. it's um, it's all because that external mm-hmm. ingesting something that's a whole process in itself. Mm-hmm. So, yep, that's true. So dead stuff gets broken down by fungi, and if it didn't, it'd be super gross. It also recycles nutrients back into the ecosystem. And fungi can also live in symbiotic relationships with other organisms, from plants to bacteria to animals, which includes us. Some fungi do live in the human digestive system. We have fungi in our stomach. Hmm. Uh Uh-huh. Sometimes very beneficially. So, you know, if you've heard about the gut biome or the... so. So basically... It's a whole thing, but our stomach, our stomachs, our digestive systems have a whole like mini ecosystem of their own. That's surprising. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like ingestion has like its own process. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And, yeah. And fungus plays a part sure. in that. Um, check out, check out the movie Inner Space if you want a, a good look at inside the, the human stomach. There you go. Or what? what's the um, that, Fantastic that Voyage? Where they, I, I never saw it, but they inject little that. tiny people into somebody's bloodstream. I never saw that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like an old 70s or 80s yeah. movie, I think. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. I've never heard of that. Fantastic Voyage. I thought you were talking about the Coolio song. <laughs> no. Do you think I would Come be talking about... Come on along and ride on a fantastic slide, slide, slippity slide. And I can't remember the rest. Does it say Voyage at any point? Yep. Oh, well, okay. it's, he does, you know. Oh, Okay. <laughs> As Coolio does. Yeah, as Coolio does. As the day goes, so does Coolio. So fungi are also involved in the human gut in a very deliberate way, namely by what we eat. We eat fungi all the time. Oh, sure. There's the obvious stuff. It's a popular topping on a pizza. Yes, mushrooms. (laughs) But that's like the obvious, right? right. uh, Mushrooms. Uh, For anyone who's willing to eat mushrooms. Yeah, I'm not a fan. (laughs) Well, not not a fan unless they're illegal. (laughs) <laughs> a lot of people don't like mushrooms. That's a common dislike, but... Unless they're illegal in 49 states because they are legal in Washington now. Oh, okay. Or Oregon, one of the two. I think one, it's, I one think of it's, those... I think it's Washington. Lefty, hippie, elite, One of those that's, that's fallen apart. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, hell, that hell descendeth upon. <laughs> and there's no cops and no nothing there anymore. It's just lawless. So, but fungi are also deliberately used in food preparation. Mold. Is oh, a fungi. sure. Yeah, that makes Yeast sense. Yeast is a fungus. That makes sense. Well, in the show, that's how it gets... It's through ingestion? Mm-hmm. It winds up in the food supply. In the game, it's okay. it's different. Okay. But the... Because they didn't want to make them... Wear masks. Rest. And have spores and... You know, but you know what? It would have um, been harder to do. But that makes way more sense. That's a much easier way to infect a huge amount of people is through and it's a, respiration. And it's a much easier story to tell in the contrast of a video game. Yeah, much I, get less in, much, I get that. But in a live action, like you can't have like how are you gonna have spores around all the time? Well, like the lighting and all that stuff. Well, that would or be a but just make your peop- your characters and always cover too. their face. That's yeah. yeah, that's not gonna be. Yeah. Great. So and they're mm-hmm. just like, and I I kind of like the sidestep there. They're like, no, I got in the food supply. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. They just figured out a different way. I to mean, do it, yeah. things get in the food supply all the time, so mm-hmm. it's not. That's true, including yeah. black fun or th- this I, type of fungi, was, which will. I was going about. to guess that towards the end, but yeah. that that was going to be my guess of how people wound up 
ingesting it through well, the food supply. Well, a lot of different things happen. but mm-hmm. So uh, things like beer, bread, wine, cheese, soy sauce, sure, cheese, fermented yeah. foods in general, cheese is MSG. mold, essentially. Well, so some types of cheese yeah. is mold, yeah. Um, so most of us eat and drink fungus all the time. Uh, now that's all the nice stuff, right? All the good stuff that fungi does. Um, but (coughs) fungus, while it can be beneficial, can be not so beneficial to us humans. Continuing along gastronomical lines, while fungus is used deliberately in foods, it can also contaminate food and make them toxic, like moldy bread, anybody? Oh, of course. Yeah. You know, under (laughs) the wrong conditions. (laughs) You mean you don't want me to eat this? (laughs) Why? Why? It's blue. (laughs) Yeah. So mold is fungus. Um, toxic fungi in food can cause food poisoning, sure. although it's certainly not the prevailing cause of food no. poisoning, but, but it is, it, it can, can happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of fungus in food can just be avoided by proper food storage and preparation and not eating that moldy bread. But then of course there's the much nastier fungus stuff that can cause human problems with varying degrees of severity and with varying ill effects. So the main issue is that fungi can cause infection, which means that they're sort of running, the fungus can run amok in the human body or some part of the human body. Sure. Some of these infections are kind of just a bit more innocuous, especially in healthy individuals. Things can run a bit more dangerous for anyone with a compromised immune system, which we will get into a lot. Um, and a lot of these uh, infections are common, like athlete's foot or yeast infections. I've, I've had you know. athlete's foot. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. it, the, these are very common, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, usually those types of fungal infections, they just get cleared up pretty easily yep. and quickly. Sometimes they can go away on their own. Otherwise, it's like, you know, over-the-counter type treatments, mm-hmm. antifungals, things like that. Um, but then, of course, there are nasty fungal infections that aren't as easy to deal with and can even be deadly. And again, those who are immunocompromised are more likely to have issues with these more serious fungal infections, though obviously it certainly doesn't preclude otherwise healthy individuals from problems. And these types of infections tend to invade more vital organs like the lung or the brain or the skin to a much greater degree. Um, There is a reason I have no pictures to show you. Yeah. For this topic. <laughs> yeah. We'll put it that way. Yeah. I can already picture some in my mind, and that's good enough. I looked them up. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so, <laughs> did you get my text last night about me interrupting your um, uh, your Spotify by playing yes. Mrs. Robinson? I didn't get it until this morning. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I did did get it, it. So, suddenly start playing, and you're like, what's going on? No. I, we were doing something like I. I did notice that it had changed, but mm-hmm. I wasn't using it at the moment. Oh, so, okay, okay. And I was, who knows, who knows how many beers in by the time I noticed okay. that. All right. <laughs> so. so here's, I, I was just, I don't know why I went off on this, but I wrote, so here's to you, mucormycosis, our nation turns its lonely eyes to you. <laughs> woo, woo, woo. Woo, woo, woo. <laughs> goo, goo, get you. Goo, goo, goo. So what's the deal with mucormycosis? What causes it and what makes it bad for humans? So mucormycosis, which is also known as zygomycosis and black fungus, is the name for the infection caused by some species of fungi within the order mucorales. Mucorales fungi are literally everywhere, like most fungus. Uh, They're delineated from other orders of fungi because of their aseptate hyphae. 
Now, what are aseptate hyphae, you may ask? Well, you're in luck because I asked ChatGPT that too. <laughs> and this is what it's been. I don't know. Yes. So hyphae are like the filaments or almost like the fibers of the fungus. And in aseptate hyphae, these fibers, I mean, we're talking molecular level, right? Sure. They're different. And they have like a bunch of nuclei, many, many nucleuses inside each cell instead of being made up of a single nuclei cell. I don't know if anyone cares what that means, but I asked ChatGPT, so I put it in there. So mucoreles are not the only fungus order that has aseptate hyphae, but it is one of its de defining characteristics of this order. The upside to these fungi having these aseptate hyphae is that they are, as a result, typically better at transporting nutrients, right? It's a little more efficient for the fungus itself. And there are about five species total within the order mucoreles that typically cause mucormycosis, but just typically. There are more that, that can. The most common of these species is rhizopus. <clears throat> and we will hear that like six more times. But these species all, call, all cause the same end results in infection. And they can really only be differentiated in culture samples. So it's kind of like the, it doesn't, if you've got black fungus, it kind of isn't going to matter which one you have, aside from potentially treatments and antifungals, sure. right? So, but the effects are going to be the same. So how do these mucorelli species get into the human body and how do they cause a problem? They're around us all the time. So what's the deal and why doesn't it always cause a problem? So fungi are slippery little, little guys. So remember, part of their reproductive strategy is their itty bitty little spores, which can literally scatter to mm -hmm. the wind, right? We breathe them in God All knows how many times, yeah. right? They can also be in food or beverage, deliberately, of course, or inadvertently, and then ingested. And as with just about any pathogen or substance, it can enter the bloodstream through broken skin right? sure. or a cut or something like that. And for a lot of people, these mucoreles fungi don't really cause much of a problem, even when they do enter the body. Because if, if it's a foreign substance, the body's fighting that shit off all the time, right? Right. It's something's <clears throat> used to doing. And it's probably something so common and so ridiculous to the human body that it's like, eh, Whatever, kick this guy out. Yeah, it's doing and, it. It's doing it all the time. Right. Pretty so, much, so yeah. it's just nothing, and it doesn't affect us. But like many pathogens, there people with any version of immunosuppression, which is also a lot of people, because a lot of things can suppress the human immune system, may be a lot more vulnerable to the problem that these fungi can cause. So if the immune system isn't robust enough to quickly get this fungus under control, it can start invading the blood. And this infection of the blood can cause some really major complications like thrombosis, which is a blood clot, and ischemia, which is a reduction of blood flow that starts cutting off the needed oxygen supply to body tissue. Yeah. Both of these are super serious, Not scary good. things. And they can cause heart attacks, strokes, all sorts of deadly stuff. So as we learned, fungi get their nutrients by secreting enzymes that break down organic matter to create nutrients for itself to absorb. Well, once inside the human body, 
these opportunistic pathogen pathogenic fungi do exactly that. The problem is that the nearest organic matter in this case is human tissue. Yeah. So in this way, these fungi can begin to cause necrosis, tissue oh, death. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You can look up pictures no. of this yourself, no. but big trigger warning. I've seen plenty of, uh, I've seen plenty of zombie films, and necrosis is always like mm. at a point in the film somewhere. So right. I've already got a mental reference. Good. <laughs> So, of course, not all infections are of the same severity or result in the same problems for each person. Plus, each type of fungus can cause different symptoms, and the site of infection can change the symptoms. There are two main types of infection for mucormycosis. Primary cutaneous mucormycosis and secondary cutaneous mycormycosis. So, primary and secondary. In primary... The infection site by this fungus is the skin, right? It, sure. I mean, it is attacking the skin first and foremost. In secondary, it's it's somewhere else in the body but can spread to the skin, right? Maybe somewhere deeper and then spreads. The main places where these secondary infections start are the sinuses, sinuses and the brain, which is called rhinocerebral mm. mucormycosis, the lungs, which is pulmonary mucormycosis, mm gastrointestinal system and, and intestine or kind of anywhere in the body due to the infection in the blood, right? The blood can be infected. Um, in both types, there are two big problems with mucormycosis. First of all, it causes an inflammatory response in the body, right? Inflammation can cause a lot of problems to the systems of the body. And two, and this is horrible, this fungus grows kind of like a tree spreading yeah. out its roots, <clears throat> which invades blood vessels and starts killing the tissue of the body. Yeah. In, Enter the necrosis. Yes. So in primary mucormycosis, the fungus earns its colloquial name of black fungus by killing off skin tissue. In other words, gangrene. Yep. <clears throat> it becomes a whole lot of dead tissue. Mm-hmm. Which, that, that's up you want as a human. <clears throat> now, I thought this was a good opportunity to address something. So it's called black fungus, right? But I think this is an important thing to note. Medical conditions observed on people's skin can look extremely different based on the natural color of that individual person's skin, Right. Gangrene will look very different on someone with light-colored skin than on someone with dark-colored skin. But in both instances, necrosis is occurring, right? Gangrene is occurring. Mm -hmm. It's still bad. Uh, the medical field is one of many, in other words, all areas, that is extremely far behind in recognizing <clears throat> that light-colored light skin isn't some sort of default, Right? Our Eurocentricity as a, society, as a society is leaving millions and millions of people at greater risk because those in charge of protecting our health are not adequately educated in the appearance of disease and disorders on different skin tones. Uh, fortunately, there are some people working to change that. And a big shout out to Joel Bevel on TikTok. So he, he's the watching him on TikTok is what brought this to my attention like woefully late, but still, um, he's a medical student and he like shows and points out disparities in 
racial disparities in medical education and medical education materials, including the fact that different conditions look different on different skin tones. But most medical books are still all illustrated as white people. So Mm -hmm. if you call it a black fungus and you see it on light colored skin, you can see a gigantic contrast, right? Of course. It will not look that way on somebody with much darker skin. It Mm. will look different. Exact same thing happening. Still just as dangerous, still terrible, but it's just going to look different. And it's really important that medical professionals know that and know what to look for because unfortunately it results in underdiagnosis and misdiagnoses of people of color all the time. It's it's like just another example with just being a person of color is more dangerous than being a white person in our society, mm. which is sick and terrible. But anyway, back to a chipper subject, gangrene. <laughs> so secondary cutaneous mucormycosis usually shows up as a large and very or large and very painful lesions lesions not lesions lesions that necrotize or die it could be a legion of lesions it could be a legion of lesions so regardless of whether the infection is prime primarily or secondarily cutaneous or even when it's just living and invading the inside of the body the problem is that this fungus is literally killing the infected person's tissue and we're that's what we're made of It's all tissue. The most common and most visually dramatic form of mucormycosis is rhinocerebral. In other words, when this fungus infects the sinuses in the brain. So you can imagine, again, you can look it up, but you can imagine that if this fungus, which is necrotizing this tissue, gets to the nose, the eyes, the mouth, it's not looking good. I don't really want to imagine Mm -hmm. them. Definitely not looking up pictures now. This tissue is literally getting eaten away by this fungus, oh. right? Broken down by the fungus. Um, and obviously it's horrible for the person infected yeah. as well, obviously, right? So, of course, we know about mucormycosis. So how do we treat it? And once diagnosed, treating mucormycosis depends on the type and site of infection. So obviously antifungal medication Typically, frontline treatment, just like if you have a bacterial infection, it's antibiotics, right? Um, Unfortunately, if tissue death has been severe enough or if there is a high risk of the fungus continuing to spread, surgical intervention may be needed, including amputation, you know, just like gangrene or something. Um, Obviously, it depends on the location. If you have this stuff invading your face and your head, you cannot be decapitated. <laughs> that will literally kill you. So that has a 0% survival rate. That's, that's true. <laughs> Decapitation is pretty much it's, guaranteed. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and it's also super important to treat whatever the underlying condition is. Like what gave this fungus a foothold in your body? If it's something like, you know, you're undergoing cancer treatment or you have you have HIV or something that is um, already attacking your immune, immune system, as long as it's being treated, like that's kind of all you can do. But something that got brought up a lot that I saw in a lot of sources was um, uncontrolled diabetes, okay. which can really weaken someone's immune system. And at least something that's can true. be done by it about yeah. it, you know. Uh, well, if you can afford the insulin, that's a whole other thing. But anyway. That's another topic. Uh, yeah. The survival rate of mucormycosis varies a lot. 
based on like how severe the infection is where, or the, it, is. where it is exactly yeah. the species of the fungus the time of the intervening treatment like if they catch it earlier if it spreads systemically someone who has invasive mucormycosis right so it is systemic it's kind of everywhere um has around a 20 percent chance of survival yeah that's not good it is not so before anyone panics especially our friends with compromised or suppressed immune systems it is important to note that mucormycosis is pretty rare so uh, you can probably just continue to be most concerned by everything else that's more likely to kill us on a daily basis. You know? Plenty of things. Oh, yes. There's like, for instance, it was raining the entire time I was driving home today. Oh, that was much riskier to you than, than, this. than this fungus will be. Yeah. yeah. So, mm-hmm. it wasn't a fun drive back home. No. Thankfully, it's not a long drive. It's only about three hours. Yeah. But you're not on interstates hardly at all. You're on... Well, you are eventually, but to when get... you get to 95. Yeah, but to, to get to kind of down you towards get, You the get about coast. two hours on routes. Yeah. As my dad would say. Or r- r- roots. Roots. Routes. Roots. Fish Creek. <laughs> <laughs> That's Creek for the people who have not met my dad. Yes. <laughs> a lot of people say Creek. That's <laughs> like a... I've only heard him That's an old school thing now. I guess. Yeah. Fish Creek. We went to <laughs> Camden. Is that in... Uh, is that near where you grew up? Oh, uh, it's not too far. Yeah, probably... Oh, 90 miles south. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just about everything is south of where you grew up. So. Except <laughs> At for least Can- in the U.S. Ex- except for Canada. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so we're talking the U.S. Everything <laughs> is south, except for like parts of New Hampshire and Maine. And Alaska, of course. <clears throat> yes. So the pretty scary thing, at least that I found about mucormycosis. Okay. So we're, gonna, we're, now, t- we're now sort of transitioning to outbreaks of mucormycosis mm, now okay we we don't mean outbreak and this is not contagious yeah. just for the record this is not contagious you <laughs> we, get it we from don't the fungus we don't mean runners and clickers no <laughs> and being around an infected person is not going to make you infected it, it it the breathing in it all that other stuff that we talked about is is the mode of infection um so outbreak quote unquote in this instance means a common source right that is able to infect multiple people um, and we'll talk about how that works, but uh, the most notable and largest mucormycosis outbreaks have been within the past decade or so. Ooh, this is okay. not like an old thing. Man, I was really hoping it was. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, it's going to get uncomfortably recent, too. Okay. <clears throat> um, so, uh, so outbreak in this instance means mass infections due to common reasons uh, of, of immunosuppression in a population and a common source okay so it's again people could be exposed people without compromised immune systems can often be exposed to this type of fungus without any reaction or infection so in 2009 13 patients who had recently undergone heart surgery came down with mucormycosis in eastern france Okay. So, if you have 13 people, their commonality is they, well, in the general region, and they all underwent heart surgery recently, what would your thoughts be on what the cause is? I, I mean, I honestly don't know. It could be a lot of things, but... Okay. Well, it was a major red flag, right? <laughs> Obviously. Mm-hmm. It is not normal 
for a specific cohort of patients in a specific location to all come down with a, a, the same relatively rare infection after the same procedure. The upside of how specific it was, was that they were really quickly able to track down what caused these infections. And it is pertinent to what you do for a living. Each patient had been administered uh. a medication called ready to use cardioplegia during their recent heart surgery. So this is a medication that temporarily stops the heart, mm -hmm. which needs to be done for often surgery. during surgery, mm -hmm. right? Um, when this medicine when, that they were given was analyzed, the batch used on these patients was contaminated yeah. with, what did I say, it was Rhizopus? I think it was Rhizopus. I should have left my... Optimus Prime. Oh my goodness. Rhizopus, yes. Uh, Rhizopus orizi. So it was contaminating this batch, and that's a, a Mucoralis fungus species. The most likely source of the contamination was during the manufacturing process, when a contaminated batch of glucose was used during the production of the ready-to-use cardioplegia. That's pretty much when it will always happen, is during the during process of making it. Yep. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> That's why you have all the steps that you have exactly. when you're done with the batch, mm -hmm. to make sure it's tested properly. And Quality control and all that. Mm -hmm. You're never going to be 100% effective. That's, that's not possible. Mm -hmm. and the goal is to be 99.9% effective. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, so, mm -hmm. yeah. Every, every process that's done when you're considering a batch. Well, this is what wasn't done with the baby formula thing. That's. Oh, uh huh. I think to an, a degree still going on really? to some extent uh -huh. as far as trying to make it again. But um, there is a chain of command before that batch leaves that factory. Right. And it's obviously everybody's processes are different they're using different compounds or chemicals or mm -hmm. you know amino acids things like that to make mm -hmm. what they're making so that stuff is going to change just depends on what you're making right but the end result when you're done with the batch the the checklist is the same for every company across mm -hmm. the board before that leaves the warehouse it has got to be signed off by the, the supervising um the supervisor of that batch meaning okay. the team that mm -hmm. made it whoever mm -hmm. supervised Mm -hmm. He's got to make sure the samples are good. He sign or she, off on they. It. They. Mm -hmm. um, in my case, where I worked before, that's what it was. Mm -hmm. But um, it not only has to be signed off by them, it has to be signed off by the lab themselves on two different occasions. The lab, the lab being uh, the QC or lab being yes. Well, okay. QC oversees it. Okay. Um, okay. But yeah, you know, where I've worked, we've had on-site testing labs where mm -hmm. you're done with a batch. It gets tested. You randomly pull <laughs> samples from, sure. mm -hmm. you know, and the, that randomness pretty much it gives you your 99.9%. Right. It's like we've no, tested enough mm -hmm. where we would have found something. Right. Mm -hmm. But yes, there could be that one that you technically, just... Technically, yeah. Technically mm -hmm. there could, but most of the, for the most part, you're, you're mitigating that like mm -hmm. from the get-go. So it has to be signed off by the lab on two different occasions because the supervisor of the warehouse where it leaves also has to sign off on that batch. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, and we give them, we give the, the lab and the warehouse different testing samples from the same oh, okay. thing. From the same batch. Mm -hmm. But they're drawn from different, mm -hmm. in, in my case, what I was working on then, they're drawn from different drums. One so. of the many reasons it's important to track batches uh, of Well, product. of course. Well, you have to. That's yeah. what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Everything mm -hmm. you do mm -hmm. when you're making food grade like I was doing before, like what I'm doing or now. Or medical grade. Every yeah. single thing you do. Like, 
I just uh-huh. I have to put a screw into this. That's signed off on. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and it should be that way. Yes, it should. It absolutely and should. The, the whole the whole the scary part of the baby formula crisis thing was mm-hmm. the total breakdown of command. Ah. Because in order for that stuff to have left the warehouse, that mm-hmm. means the lab didn't care. That means the warehouse right. didn't care, and that means the supervising manager didn't care. Right. And that's not a situation you want. It's a, a sy- with, with making, systemic incompetence. Oh, yeah. completely. Uh-huh. Com- totally. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that, and you don't want that in any field. No, much less like especially food. anything <laughs> that is ingested, injected, mm-hmm. or put on a, a human body. Yeah. Like that. That's yeah. So obviously, I won't go into the process of what I was doing sure. because that's confidential. But I can go into once we're done with it. Mm-hmm. This is what happens. Well, because that's like with... ISO or mm-hmm. whatever, yep. right? Those are like regulated. international regulated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I thought regulation was bad, David. I, I guess. Well, when you use that term, remember we we tried to we yeah. tried to get used to saying public safety standards. Right. Rebrand mm-hmm. the regulation well, to public safety. That's standards. what it, yep. all regulation is <laughs> is is a branding. Yep. Mm-hmm. A clever one. Yep. Yeah. So yes, yeah, so a rebrand is is definitely, but but that's that's how like that's what's happening here. Um. That's what happened with the baby formula. Like, uh-huh. and I've worked in situations where, yeah, that can't ha- never happen to me. Yeah. I I have heard of it happening. Yeah. Um, but uh, it could. Yeah, it, it sure could. And in this case, it killed a few people. Mm. Mo- all, everyone was aggressively treated, but sure, not everybody but made it. A few for people. For some people, it was already too late. Yep, a few people didn't make it. Uh, so it's obvious. It, it obviously shows the need for like essentially one hundred percent quality requirements when manufacturing medical products. You know, there is no margin for error. Right. There just isn't because otherwise people die. Right. Like that. That literally could be or are disabled or. God knows what else. Right. I'm sure the people who survived, it probably did some quite some damage to their the rest of their lives. Yeah, they're they're you know? all affected negatively <clears throat> mm-hmm. and probably had a decrease in lifespan. Yep. And obviously they're all heart surgery patients. They all have com- compromised immune systems as well. So Yeah, that's right. That's what they're there for in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Three other mucormycosis outbreaks that happened within the past decade or so are all linked to exactly what we talk about on our podcast, disasters. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first I'll talk about <clears throat> happened in Pakistan. Um, in a topic that I definitely need to put on our topics list, Pakistan went through one of the worst disasters of its existence in 2011. <clears throat> when monsoons flooded many part of the country, many parts of the country. I'm sorry, I don't know what my... <clears throat> I'm sure that's so pleasant for everybody to hear. Um... It's somebody's favorite part. (laughs) So in 2011, when monsoons flooded many parts of the country and brought life to a grinding halt. So we're talking infrastructure demolished, homes destroyed, crops obliterated. Plus all the diseases that come with that. Yes. Other disease, (laughs) death, all sorts of stuff, right? Um, Malaria. I was was just going to say malaria is like anytime there's flooding, Mm -hmm. that's that's one of the first things that pops up. Aside from deaths, millions of people were displaced. There was unemployment. A lot of people had no access to clean sure. water. Or, um, or sometimes all of the above And plus the amount of, amount of cleanup effort just to get things back to where they were before. Mm-hmm. That requires healthy people, which you're not going to have a whole lot of those to draw from after something like this. Well, and it was really hard to get aid to, these, to, to the victims of this because... Of all the infrastructure being mm-hmm. down, it's hard to get stuff in when there's mm-hmm. not roads and bridges and stuff that you need, right? 
and the most vulnerable populations, including children, people with disabilities, people with suppressed immune systems were especially hard hit by the effects. So an effect that when compared to the overall scope of the disaster was relatively small, but still devastating was a mucormycosis outbreak among people who had been hospitalized after the flooding. Over 200 people were infected with rhizopus oryzae, and about half of them died. So secondary to the, well, related, certainly related to the flooding, but they were infected with this specific fungus. Um, The fungus not only took advantage of the sick and injured patients, but of the general conditions that the hospitals were having to deal with unsanitary conditions, including a lack of sterilized medical equipment, allowed the rhizopus or IZ to run rampant in an immunosuppressed population. Um, to add insult to injury, supply chain disruptions from the damage to infrastructure made procuring the required antifungals difficult, mm-hmm. likely leading to a higher mortality rate. Yep. Because now you're in a situation where pretty much everything has to be flown in. Yeah, like helicoptered in, mm-hmm. right? That costs a lot of money and takes a whole lot of uh, manpower. Yes, it does. And coordination. Mm-hmm. And where are you going to put it because everything's flooded. Right. Mm-hmm. Or where are you going to keep it clean? And yep. Yeah. Yep. All that shit has to be thought of ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or immediately <laughs> deployed. Like there's a plan. And immediately deployed. Yes. Uh-huh. When, when the situation occurs. Yeah. So another outbreak that happened that same year in 2011 was one co-occurring with the disaster I was dead convinced we had already covered. But okay. I looked on our list and we haven't. The 2011 Joplin, Missouri tornado. No, you get that confused with a different tornado. More. Week. Yes. More Oklahoma, right? Yes. That's you, what I'm getting. Mm-hmm. Have I done it more than once? You have. Okay, sorry. Yeah. That's, well, that's okay. <laughs> I mean, there's plenty of tornadoes. Yeah. But you do get it confused with that one. I but keep the Joplin we one we have not done. Yeah. On May 22nd, 2011, over 150 people died and over 1,000 people were injured as a result of a deadly EF5 tornado as part of a larger tornado outbreak. Uh Somebody's going to die in an an F5 tornado. Well, where mucormycosis enters the picture is in those injured. Sure. So obviously, people who are injured in a tornado, these are like traumatic injuries, cuts, um, uh bruised, impaled, hit, like you name it, right? Buildings, materials, crumbling, whipping all around them. The stuff I make now is used for blood testing. So that's where this comes into play. An estimated 13 to 18 people contracted mucormycosis while being treated for their injuries due to medical equipment and supplies like wound dressings and bandages that had been exposed to rhizopus spores. So again, uh, an, it, what you're seeing a pattern here is an already immunocompromised situation. Yep, population mm-hmm. due to these specific situations. Yeah, that make, makes it much easier for mm-hmm. anything to infiltrate. Opportunistic infections, mm-hmm. exactly. And that's what these fungi are. They're opportunistic pathogens. So finally, much more recently and much closer to home considering what we've all been through in the past few years of our shared trauma that is COVID-19, in 2021, India experienced a mucormycosis outbreak in people who were either currently or recently recovering from COVID. Speaking of which, it's been about exactly three years since we went into lockdown. I think it was the 13th. Something like that. Mm -hmm. Around St. Patrick's Day. Yep, I remember, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So this outbreak was significant. It affected over 45,000 people by July of 2021. Jeez. The outbreak was linked. Okay, so where, where does mucormycosis thrive? In an immunosuppressed population. What happens to people with COVID? What happens to their immune system? It's suppressed. It's suppressed. Um, so un, it, what it was really linked to was the COVID, but also the use of corticosteroids as a COVID treatment to help reduce inflammation in the lungs caused by the virus. It was meant to help the course of the disease plus help prevent long COVID. Okay. But corticosteroids deliberately suppress the immune response of the body too. Hmm. So what happened was it basically, there was this new population of people who were newly immunocompromised, exposed to a f- spore that's around us all the time, right? Um, also, uh, corticosteroids can raise blood sugar levels, which is another issue that happens for people with uncontrolled diabetes, which makes them more um, immunocompromised. So it was a true disaster. The death toll may have been undercounted, but at least 4,300 people were recorded as dying from mucormycosis during this outbreak. Same exact um, strain. It was rhizopus hmm. or fungus. Same, same. So you can see how this rhizopus is like the primary yeah. mover. It's, just out, it's out there. Mm-hmm. So while we can see that fungi can and do indeed harm people in truly horrifying ways, if we ask, ask the question... How worried should we actually be of fungi being the downfall of humanity, a la The Last of Us? The answer is not really at all. (laughs) Um, There's a lot of other stuff way more likely to bring around our demise. I mean, we've got climate change, nuclear annihilation. There's a lot other stuff way more likely to bring us down than fungus or fungi. Um, It is true that fungi... Regime change. Yeah. It is true that fungi can pose a serious risk in certain situations, especially to the immunosuppressed, but there are plenty of mitigation measures that can be taken. First off, if you live with diabetes, keep it under control. Like, that's a that's a big thing. This came up multiple times that people with uncontrolled diabetes are at a big risk for this type of opportunistic pathogen. So... It may not be fun, and it may not always be financially possible, which is horrific, um, but uncontrolled diabetes is one of the major risks of mucormycosis. Uh, Second, if you have concerning medical symptoms of any type, go seek medical help. I know it's easy to say as a privileged person with money and health insurance and a steady income, but your health and your life are more important than money will ever be. Don't let... Those motherfuckers who say otherwise and act otherwise fool you. Your life is more important. Um, And this is just the case with any health problem, right? Early treatment, early diagnosis gets you a much better outcome, typically. Finally, adhering to proper health and safety protocols. If you work in a medical or medical manufacturing environment can help protect both yourselves and others. So remember, safety procedures may not always be fun, but they can literally be life or death. Hmm. And that, my friends, was the story of mucormycosis. Fun. (laughs) Fun guy. Fun guy. Who's the fun guy over here? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's... 
I mean, there are so many things that, not just to humans, I mean, to animals in oh, general. Oh, yes, of course. Mm-hmm. All sorts of things, disease. Now, I in, mean, the, and, in the first episode of The Last of Us, you mm-hmm. showed me there was, like, sort of this, like, preamble of a guy ostensibly being on, like, a 60s talk show talking about how mm-hmm. fungi were the problem. It could be, a, could be what, a much larger problem than a bacteria. What was his basis for saying that? Uh, well, it was, it was, to him, it was, it was kind of just a guess. I I don't think he was convinced that it could, could happen, but he was like, under the right conditions, Hmm. say the earth's getting warmer. Oh, okay. I guess. So they're connecting. So it was that combination and, uh, and, you know, just, and he was like, he was like, the main thing about it was like, it wouldn't matter where it contacted the population. We couldn't produce, uh, a cure for it at all because we just, we can't do that with, with fungi. Um, because there are it's antifungals, not... right? But but I'm saying like something like this huh. that they were talking about, like they they wouldn't really be able to produce a vaccine or have a treatment because it would spread so fast. But anyway, okay, is... so it was just made up. In other words, yeah, yeah. okay, okay. But that's how. <laughs> I, but that is how it happens in ants. And now they've found that ants, the ones that aren't infected with cordyceps, will quarantine the one that is until it dies. So they've learned. <laughs> yes, they have. I mean, they uh-huh. have. Just species adjust. Uh huh. Yeah, but it's uh, it's just creepy as fuck to sure. think about. Just it's just, like well, nobody likes a fungus <laughs> on the in their person. Everybody likes a fungus. <laughs> but um, no, it's just like yeah, stuff that can't happen to the human body is just I know it's, it's fucking not fun. gross. <laughs> no, it's gross as fuck. Like I, I can handle it watching like a gory movie because I know mm-hmm. that's fake. Right. And that they're doing the best they can to, like, gross me out. And I want that. I'm like, mm-hmm. keep up in the ante. Right. I don't want to look at medical photos. I, not not doing it. Because it's real. Exactly. It could really happen. <laughs> yeah, I, I gotcha. Exactly. That um, giant mushroom head, cor- like, clicker or whatever, that's not going to happen. But the, it's not know, going to happen. <laughs> Literally. They're not going to take over Boston and the world. They're not going to exist. No. Nah. Anyway, but uh, no, I'm kidding. But uh, yeah, just uh, obviously a topic that's uh, become a hot topic. Yes, exactly. I figured we'd Where talk you, about it. At Hot Topic, you can get your I'm a Fun Guy t-shirt. <laughs> I'm sure you can. <laughs> Do they still have Hot Topics in malls? Is, are there still know. malls? <laughs> well, there's a couple around here, so we know that they do still exist. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's not yeah. something I ever sought out, but it's something yeah. you always notice. Sure. Um, Go kill time in a hot topic. But uh, I, I honestly don't. Like, when I go to a mall now, I'm going to, like, specific stores and leaving. Do you remember that very specific aesthetic of, like, the late 90s and early 2000s of, like, um, cute bunny that says really horrible things about, like, how it's going to kill people and stuff? No, like, there's a, like, the, the <laughs> juxtaposition of, like, cutesy and goth. Like I see what you're goth. getting at. I don't remember that specifically, but yeah, I, there was like I this can... bunny that, like, this cartoon bunny. I mean, it, goths it, were big in the late '90s and early 2000s. Like cute little smiles, or sad little uh, eyes, but then it'd say something like really metal. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> One of the funniest characters in South Park is the goth kid. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> can't remember his name, but anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm excited for the finale tonight. Yeah. I honestly cannot believe how well this show turned out. That's great. Because it's infamously 
video game adaptations yeah. into whatever type of other medium, whether it be, well, books have worked for the most part, but like... Resident Evil? Any type of visual medium, yeah. it just, across the board, just has not worked. Yeah, yeah. there's the occasional one that kind of sort of worked, uh-huh. and you can get past like, uh eh. But this one is, because the game itself was such a thematic, or a cinematic game, mm-hmm. kind of to adapt it... I well, think made it easier. And didn't they do some shot for shot recreations? A couple, too? and they've done they've done line for line dialogue yeah. here and there because the the dialogue and the, the cinematics and the mm-hmm. game are that good. Mm-hmm. It's like you got that you can transfer over. Yeah. Yes, you're gonna cut out the gl- gameplay stuff. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to see in a TV show somebody making a tourniquet fifty different times. <laughs> <laughs> Dying each time yeah. and having to start over again. Yeah. Like, nobody wants to see that. That doesn't make sense for, you know, for film or television. Well, because it literally takes hours and hours and hours to play through a game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that first one, I think, like, the average playthrough is, like, 18 hours or something like that. Oh, that's not terrible. That's not bad. That's about as max as I want to go. The second game is, like, 35 hours. It's a long game. I feel like I played the last game I ever played all the way through, Bioshock Infinite. Yeah, you did play all the um, way through that. I feel like that was... Hours and hours and hours. I'm gonna guess that was probably like in the 15 to 20 range. Oh, it depended felt on the like choices you made way too. Way longer. I'm not very good at video games, so no. it probably took me way longer. Yeah. But uh. Except for Mario, I'm pretty good at like the 2D Mario, <laughs> Super Mario World. I'm really good at. And you're really good at uh Animal Farm with the. Yeah, Animal. <laughs> <laughs> animal Crossing. Animal yes. Crossing. Yeah. But yeah, fortunately, you can spend hours you and have, hours and hours in that without any. You have your own house and. Uh, Fishing area. Oh something. yeah, I have. I have the everything. Koi pond. I have. Um, I have I re- everything. <laughs> <laughs> I renovated the kitchen the there other day. You, there you go. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's beautiful. It's lighter now. I took out the skull wallpaper and there put a go. tea room wall in instead. A little more inviting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which. Speaking of Demetrios. All right. Well, that was that was a lot of fun to do. I'm very excited for the finale. The last of the last of the us. The last of the last of us. Season. season one. Yeah, we'll see where they go. Uh, we'll see what they do with season two. That's yeah. going to be just as inter- interesting. Interesting. Because the uh, to say the uh, to say the second game was polarizing is putting mm. it hot, putting it very lightly. Well, I wonder if uh, they'll be able to sort of Correct. adapt it in a way that makes we'll it more universally appreciated. I have a feeling people will like the second season of the show more than they will like the second game. Mm. We'll see, though. Yeah. But that was Mucor Mucor Microsis. Mucor Microsis. Mucor Microsis. There you go. This has been for <laughs> Alba or Black Fungus. Black Fungus. This has been another episode of All Bad Things. I'm David. I'm Rachel. And we'll see you next week.